Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. It is Sunday, October 27th. I don't know about you guys, but it is a super foggy morning here in Santa Monica, California. This is Liz Dolan. Sheila and Leon, has the fog reached Pasadena? Are you enveloped in clouds out there? No. It, well, I would say that it's very chilly this morning, Leanne. I would, I would not. I would disagree. <laughs> <laughs> and there you go. That is our relationship. <laughs> well, speaking of chilly... Um, Lynn posted a photo on the Satellite Sisters Facebook group today or yesterday. She lives in Edmonton, Alberta, so she just gave us a photo of her backyard. She's already got snow on the ground back there, Sheila. So I All right, I feel better. Lynn, Lynn can claim that it is uh, that is cold. Okay, so Sheila's here, South Pasadena. Lynn's in Pasadena. Maybe that explains the weather difference. And then, of course, Julie, you are with us from uh, from Dallas, Texas, but you you have breaking news i do have some breaking news sisters um i, I broke something this week uh that would that would be my wrist oh it's breaking I broke some yes it's really breaking news i broke my wrist i tripped i uh, started to fall and i put out my wrist to break my fall and i broke my wrist oh, oh sure that's bad and it was it was bad. It was, uh, there was like no question about it. Um, I, it was, it was just my wrist after I fell was just took on a very funny shape. Oh. It just was not right at all. I was at team tennis practice. That's where I was. And I was going for a ball. I, you know, I took a, I tripped and I went down and oh my gosh, it was, uh, it was, I just, I knew immediately. It wasn't like sometimes when you like sprain it, like, oh gee, wonder if it could be broken. No, it was, it was ugly. It was broken. But fortunately, my tennis partners, my team, they became my satellite sisters because there I was, you know, they picked me up. They drove me to, not to the emergency room. Um, they drove me to an orthopedic a special clinic that uh, specializes in just uh, doing orthopedics. They have an emergency room. I went right in there and, uh, it, you know, my, you know, my tennis partner, I'm in my tennis, little tennis togs. At okay. The that alone is embarrassing, oh. isn't it? Where you're out in real life in tennis clothes. I, I just never want to do it. It's sort of this, the whole thing that I'm even playing tennis is sort of this sort of secret life I have. I just started playing when mom and dad got sick. You know, it was just sort of this outlet, something something to do. Like, I don't really tell many people that I actually play tennis because, you know, I just, a, I'm not that good at it, and B, uh, you know, I don't know. I just, uh, it's my little secret. So, okay. but I, I said there were some ugly uniforms involved, so there was that. <laughs> yeah, that's part of it. Yes, we do wear uniforms, and last year there were turquoise ruffles involved, and uh, that that was just. Fun. <laughs> 
So, okay, so I arrived at this emergency room. You know, I can't, it's my right wrist. I can't do anything. I can't uh. fill out the paperwork. I can't do anything. So very nice tennis partner. She's doing all the paperwork. I am telling her all of my secrets. She knows my height, my weight, my social <laughs> security number. She even knows my age, which I was, again, trying to hide. You were. Time. I will confirm that. When I was in Dallas a couple of weeks ago, Julie said, please don't mention that I'm 10 years older than you. <laughs> you so, were trying to hide your age. It's all out there, but she is just helping me. And then, so then they bring me in, they've got me on a gurney and you know, my head is spinning because I, I can see like my wrist is not right. I'm really worried. And I'm sort of like, you know, taking my, my vitals. I can tell that like my pulse rate is up and, you know, I'm trying to determine just like how much pain I'm in, like, you know, what else could be broken? Where is this going to go medically? And, but I'm also, you know, sort of simultaneously, a second track is going on in my mind where I'm thinking about, oh my gosh, I was supposed to be Nana this weekend. I'm supposed to take care of my grandchildren. How am I going to do that with the broken hand? And then I just like spun out of control. It's like, we got Halloween. We've got Thanksgiving. <laughs> I've got a broken wrist. Aww. This is bad. I'm just like, how am I, how am I going to fill out the Christmas cards? <laughs> So this oh, is all, I shouldn't laugh, okay. but I can totally understand how that would happen. Yeah, and it's all true. How are yeah. you going to do yeah, the Christmas cards? <laughs> I, I don't know, Lee. I don't know. Get but a then, stamp. But then a third track is going on. This is the total superficial track where I am just like, oh, thank goodness. Thank goodness I got that gel manicure yesterday. <laughs> Everyone in this place is looking at my hands. And you know, girls, my fingers and hands are not my strong points. So but thank goodness I had a decent manicure. And then the other thing that has just like come across my mind all in this jumble is the orthopedic emergency room surgeon is the best thing man I've ever seen. In my yeah. life. <laughs> into the room. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this guy would be perfect. Sheila, he's old. He's old enough. Okay. And he's tall. He's handsome. He's just, you know, he's incredibly fit. He's wearing just like, Early t-shirt and mm. uh, surgical pants and so and again back to, back to my the pain in my wrist and then i'm thinking about thanksgiving and how am i going to pull the turkey out of the oven and then i'm back to the orthopedic surgeon and he turns to leave the room and i realize that the doctor is not wearing any underpants oh like, Julie! oh my god <laughs> Julie. Dr. Commando, let me just call him Dr. Commando. I think you're in I shock at this point. You're in shock. <laughs> I am in shock, Sheila, but I'm pretty certain that there was nothing on except for those surgical blue pants that are that are cinched very tightly around his face. He was on call, Joel. He was on call, and they had very little time to get dressed. <laughs> So then I'm thinking, is this a good thing? Will she like this? Will she like it that Dr. Commando doesn't wear underpants to work? <laughs> you know, I, I like him already, but he lives in Dallas, and I live in L.A. So let's keep going, Jewel. So what what did he do? What did he say to you? Anything? Um, but- yeah, Sheila, like he came in. He he was super nice. He was he was technically very good, which was he came in and he, and he took one look at my wrist and he said, "Oh, that's bad." Oh. 
<laughs> that takes years of training. Oh, that hurt. Oh, that hurt. And, you know, and then they're used, I, you, you girls, I don't know if you've broken bones, but sometimes when you have sprained an ankle or broken a bone, there's some amount of like anticipation about the x-ray. Like the x-ray is going to prove conclusively that you've broken it. Well, I, in my case, because my hand and my wrist is, they are just not in the right place. I know that there's no, you know, everything is broken here. So, so the x-ray, you know, goes okay. And then of course, Dr. Commando wants me in his office. He wheels oh. me back to his office to show me, to show me the x-rays. And that's when I about pass out. Cause you know, it's just like, oh, please. I, yeah, fine, fine. That's good. And I can see Dr. Commando is, you know, he's good at what he does. He can really see but then he said, uh, the surgery word, you know, that this is not going to be something with a simple cast, that they have to do surgery. And so, again, he's in and out of my examining room. That's forward and backwards. Ando <laughs> <laughs> is coming in and going out. <laughs> I'm in some dream state, okay? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. But... Um, but he is, uh, he, he's got me all signed up. I'm in a temporary cast now that I've had to stay very still with. And uh, this coming week, I'm going to see um, another orthopedic, you know, the orthopedic guy that specializes in hands and wrists. And, uh, and I guess then we'll talk about surgery. So all in all, it oh, was. That is so disappointing. I'm yeah. so sorry to hear that. I know. Yeah, yeah. So there's just any number of things that you just can't do with one with your left hand <laughs> you can't like you can't open anything you know i know i know i broke my right wrist snowboarding remember and yes, I the i had to during the time that it was broken i had to rent a car because i drove a stick shift so obviously you can't be shifting with your right hand when you've got a cast on your right hand and it really hurts so there was all that part like you can't drive yourself around all that easily getting dressed is a nightmare cooking obviously does not go that well yeah it's it really brushing your teeth i mean you have to brush your teeth with your left hand (laughs) Go with an electric toothbrush. No, brushing the teeth is easy, Leanne. It's flossing. Okay. That. Oh yeah. But uh, but they have these flossing sticks, so I've got those. But uh, like, well, sure you do, Joel. You have it all. <laughs> so, but that's the thing. So I made a list. I know I have an iPhone that has Siri, and quite frankly, I've never used Siri. But guess what? The last couple of days, Siri is my new best friend because you can dictate text messages on Siri. You can dictate emails on Siri. Did you know that? Oh, is that why you were texting us yesterday? Yes, because I can do it on Siri. I just uh, talk in my iPhone. I, <laughs> so I I made a list for, again, because I can't write anything. I made a list of the positive things that are coming out of this uh, wrist break. And here, here it is. And I dictated this on Siri to my little notepad on my iPhone. The first thing is left-hand uh, mental acuity. You know, that's one thing they tell you that as you get older, you should try to do normal tasks with your opposite hand. Right. This increases mental acuity. So I believe that I'm already smarter uh, in the last several days. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's one good thing. Okay, Siri. Okay, I have now mastered Siri. And I, and I can see that 
that you're impressed with that, that I, I, this is something that you could, that I can now do, that I can text and I can send emails mm. just by talking into my phone. <laughs> nice. So, I, I, I like that. Um, I have taken the stance that this is going to be, for the most part, a bra-free experience. Yeah. Oh, yeah, excellent. That is always a plus. You know, I mean... Because that, you know, uh, uh, you know, there's, there's just, I mean, I guess there will be a few occasions when I might, uh, might go for the brassiere, but I, I just don't see on a regular basis if I have to dress myself and I want to be able to do it myself, that, uh, that that's going to happen. Yeah, well, um, you obviously don't need that if you're going to see Dr. Commando, right? right? <laughs> no, unfortunately, he's the only the emergency uh, room. Oh. I suspect that my Dr. Frederick, who's going to be working on my uh, my wrists, will actually be wearing underwear. But we'll see. We'll see when we get there on on Monday. Um, I also I'm see. Sure the- I'm sure you will, because you're on the lookout for that now, Jewel. <laughs> I know Sheila, which and is unusual for you. It's just very unusual. Sheila, it was all part of, I think, the shock of the accident. I guess <laughs> for the painkillers. It was noticeable. That's all I can say. And and. Any any red blooded woman in the same position as me would have noticed what Dr. Commander. Okay, that's all I'm saying. All right. Um, I, I also feel like um, this will be a makeup free zone um, because <laughs> I'm really just can't see applying a lot of makeup with my left hand. I, I just maybe I'll get a little better at it or not. But so that should be a period of uh, great liberation. I, I, I see that as good. And um and I think I had other things, but I can't remember them, and I can't uh, review the list right now. So that, that's it. But those are four big things that are going to be that are on the positive side of of this. That is good, Julie. Looking on the bright side, that is good. And do you have the pain under control? I know at first you said it was really overwhelming. Yeah, really. First night, worse than childbirth. Uh, but uh, today I'm good. So I don't know how I'll be after the surgery, but uh, today I'm very good. Yep. All right, Jewel, that's uh, good. Good luck with that, as Sheila would say. Uh, keep us posted. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, that was breaking news, some sad news this weekend. We lost a couple of excellent people. Uh, Marsha Wallace, the voice actress from The Simpsons, and also the classic receptionist, Carol, on the, the Bob Newhart show. And then Lou Reed died today, which is also really sad. So, oh boy! I yes, know. Man. he was yeah, a genius. Lou Reed. I mean, Sweet Jane, Walk on the Wild Side, just classic soundtrack of my twenties. Mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, nineteen eighty four. Yeah, how old was he, Leanne? Okay, so here, let's take them one by one. Marsha Wallace died at age seventy. She was a twenty year survivor of breast cancer. She actually ended up dying of pneumonia. So I guess she had been in kind of ill health for the last couple of months. Um, but she won an Emmy uh, for her Simpsons role, and she played um, Edna Krabappel, uh, the sort of crusty, caustic, chain-smoking fourth-grade teacher. <laughs> oh, she had some, <laughs> some great lines in that show. And just remember her as Carol on the Bob Newhart show, how funny she was as the receptionist. Oh, she was excellent. That was so such wacky. a great show. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and she just, the the executive producer of The Simpsons, Al Jean, said she's irreplaceable. So they, Bart will be getting a new teacher. They're not going to hire a new uh, a voice actress, that Edna Krabappel. And for those of you that don't watch The Simpsons, Krabappel is actually crab apple, just spelled, <laughs> just pronounced Krabappel. So... <laughs> 
Just funny. That's just funny Simpsons humor. So uh, Edna Krabappel will be retired. So very sad to hear that. And then Lou Reed was 71. And I guess he oh, had a oh. – um, the cause of death has not been given, according to Rolling Stone. But I guess he had a liver transplant in May. So he had been in ill health. But, I, I mean, he was really like a seminal rock and roll guy and super cool. Uh, obviously had some issues with drugs and alcohol. But remember when he married Lori Anderson? Like he was yes. married to Lori Anderson. Super cool performance artist Lori Anderson. And one of the little trivia things I learned about Lou Reed a couple years ago was when my son did a report on Vaclav Havel, uh, you know, the guy who led Czechoslovakia to democracy. Um, yeah. he, was hu- oh, yeah. he was hugely influenced by Lou Reed, which is why the name exactly. of that was called the Velvet Revolution, because it was in honor of the Velvet Underground. Really? Yes. Wow, that is unbelievable. Yes. Admittedly. Yeah, there you go. So not only influential in rock worlds, but also in the political world, too. So, And my son was able to use some excellent Lou Reed music as the soundtrack to his PowerPoint presentation on uh, Vaclav Havel. But anyway, so very sad to lose those two people. Very sad. Yeah, yeah. I I think words like seminal um, get thrown around a lot, like too much. Mm -hmm. But Lou Reed, for sure, deserves that. Another one that I've decided people should almost never use is iconic. Aren't you finding that iconic is sort of overdone now? But certainly Lou Reed, iconic. Oh, you're so right about that, Liz. <laughs> Thank All right. You. Well, I don't, I don't have any uh, breaking news as usual, but um, I do have <laughs> some information about you. Yes, I have some information about me, and I'd like to frame it in um, a special third grade um, positive reinforcement time that we've implemented this year, and it's called the shout out. Everybody, can you say shout out? Shout, shout out. out. Okay, so on Fridays in third grade right now, we do shout-outs. We, we say name children who've made some excellent choices during the week, and kids shout out about each other. So the idea is you're not just shouting out about yourself, obviously, but you're looking for kids who've done a great job in school this week, and you acknowledge them. So I want to do some shout-outs to people in my life who really made my life um, much more tolerable this uh, this week. <laughs> okay, good. And, and basically saved me in many occurrences. So my first person who saved me um, is Michael at the Bristol Farms grocery market near my home, um, who not only found my debit card on Friday night, um, but called B of A, Bank of America, and canceled it for me. Really? Wow. Now, now I, I mean, it's, it's sort of unbelievable. I mean, I knew I was going to lose my card that night because I was so tired um, when I was purchasing my dinner that it was just things were falling, and I actually didn't have my card. My card was in the car, so I had to do the classic, I'm sorry, I left my card in my car. So all the groceries were there, but I didn't have my card. Walked back, ran back, got my card, paid for my groceries, and somehow left my debit card there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then well. spent all Saturday morning panicking, retracing my steps. And I said, let me just go back to Bristol Farms. It's probably not there, but let me go back. Sure enough, they had it sealed up in the safe with the note, called the bank, and the bank will be calling the customer. Wow. That is very nice customer service. And um, so I thanked them. I went around and thanked everybody. And I do shop there frequently, Leanne. 
even though it's a, it's it's a few pennies more because there's <laughs> because the proximity to my apartment. Yeah. Wait, did you think I was judging you silently from the other? Yes. No. Yes. Yes. Silently <laughs> judge me. I mean, I'll buy you know the free range chicken. That's all. It's pre made because. That's what I need on a Friday night. I need everything pre-made. In, in, in fact, the hot bar, the hot uh, food bar there is excellent. <laughs> I, I, there's, you're, you're buying for one person, so the difference isn't going to be any, any greater. I'm buying for four, so I could never afford to shop there, and I hate the parking there. But you go ahead. <laughs> the parking is a nightmare. It's a nightmare. Okay, so thank, thank you, Michael. Okay, I also want to do a shout-out to Veronica, my technician, at the Huntington Hill Breast Center, because um, you may know that in October is National Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Okay. So as a courtesy to their customers, they stayed open late this month. So I got the last appointment, again, on a Friday night, which is not a good night for me. <laughs> as we've already established. <laughs> and I arrived just at 7.30, which, of course, is late for a Dolan. I mean, that is late. Yeah. You might as well be an hour late if you're on time. <laughs> and they, I mean, I thought they would just be sunshiny and bright and welcome me at, at my usual time, seven, at my appointment time, 7.30. But they were closing up shop. I was the last... Um, the last breast to go. So, um, <laughs> so this was your annual mammogram. My annual mammogram, girls. Um, so went in, and Veronica again. This was her last exam of the day of the evening, and she was dynamite. I mean, she just she just took took those breaths, and she just manipulated them. I mean, you know, these people are amazing. These technicians. <laughs> And they just, they just help you through it. And I, I, of course, I start to cry, you know, every time I go to a doctor, really. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and I said, Veronica, thank you so much. You're just so, so good. She said, you know, I said, how many, I mean, how many have you seen? She goes, how many, I said, how many appointments do you see in a day? You're remarkable. She goes, 25 times two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's a big mammogram joke. That's the- I guess it is, but at that point, I didn't care. Because <laughs> I was classic. Okay, I just got it. I I didn't understand it. Okay, now I get it. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're gonna have to work on that mental acuity. Yeah. Start brushing your teeth with your left hand. And then at the Huntington Hill Breast Center, they give you a thank you card for coming. And um, so I just want to do a shout out to Veronica. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. Um, the next shout out I want to do is to Coach Chad um, at the Rose Bowl pool, who welcomed me back to the Master Swim after many months of disappearance. <laughs> many, many months. Welcomed me back warmly, as he does, by looking at me, scowling, and saying, Dolan, get in the pool. (laughs) Well, that's what you're there to do, right? Yep. And so that's good. So I've done my master's uh, five times this week. um, And moved up. That is impressive. I know. Moved up to number two in the Duffer Lane. So that's good. (laughs) Now, I will never beat out Tom, another teacher who's there every morning. Tom needs to be first in the Duffer Lane, and we let him. (laughs) Okay. And, and frankly, my math is so bad that I could not do the split set timing. You know, if if Chad says do 200, 
150. I don't know what that means. I mean, I know it's a minute 50, but I can't do the intervals because I'm so bad at math. And that's why I'm a teacher. All right. <laughs> and then finally, I want to say thank you to James. A shout out, big shout out to James, uh, one of my baristas at Starbucks, who, um, again, on a Friday night, <laughs> I decided to go and just get a little pick me up on a Friday night. And um, so I ordered my double nonfat uh, PSL um, pumpkin spice latte, for those who don't know. It is the 10th anniversary of the PSL at Starbucks. And um, he gave me um, just a nod and said, go ahead, Sheila. And just gave me the PSL for free. Wow. Yeah. Nice. And I hope you don't get him in trouble. <laughs> no, it was a double. I, I, no, he's not going to get in trouble. No one knows. I mean, I'm, there are how many Starbucks in Pasadena? Like 5,000? <laughs> okay, Lynn. Um, <laughs> okay, Sheila. Again, okay. I'm not judging. I just, <laughs> God. Um, and that's it. That's my shout outs for the week. Okay. Well done. The, uh, now, Julie, I know you said you wanted to do an international news roundup, but because of your sketchy ability to take notes, you weren't exactly sure how many stories you had, but you want to just dive in now? Give us the international roundup? I do, sisters, because there's so many interesting things going on in the world, all having to do with women. First up, Saudi Arabia. They had a big weekend uh, this weekend where a group of Saudi women uh, attempted again to uh, to protest the laws in Saudi Arabia that prohibit women from driving. Now, they've tried this before, and in the past, it hasn't gone well. Uh, and it's been very small numbers. They've had like uh, when they tried this before, only like 47 women were, you know, were brave enough to to get in the car and drive around. Uh, um, but this time, uh, b- because of social media, the word really went out. They have more activists there, but the numbers were still incredibly small this weekend in terms of the women that that had the courage. And I guess the wherewithal, because here's the thing I was worried about. Like, if if you have been prohibited from driving your whole life, how is it you know how to drive a car, you yeah. know, if you're going yeah. to stage a protest? But anyway, 60 women did that. Um, wow. And it received worldwide attention because of it. And, you know, a lot of it was posted on Twitter and Facebook. And, and women were out there. Leanne, one woman just drove to the grocery store and back. That's all <laughs> yeah. she really wanted to do. And, you know, I mean, these were really courageous women. Mo- uh, in the past, they've been put in jail. But this time, sadly, you know, this was supposed to be an improvement. The Saudi government did not put them in jail, but they had detained women that they stopped driving a car and they made them wait until a male guardian came and picked them up. You know, how bad is that? How bad is that? You know, Julie, I heard a story on the radio about this earlier this week about the previous protests. And the woman they were interviewing um, had participated in one of the first protests. And not only did she get fired from her job as a result of that, but she was a photographer and the government rounded up all of her work and burned it. 
you know, so she was saying in the interview that she was just happy she didn't get put in jail. But imagine losing your job and having all of your work destroyed, a career's worth of work destroyed because you attempted to drive a car. I was really, really surprised about that. Um, another thing they said in the story, which I didn't know, is that there's no actual law against driving, but it's an unofficial ban that is supported by conservative clerics. So the police enforce it even though it's not really a law. Oh, I didn't realize that. I, I didn't realize that either. So the but I so I don't know how you overturn it. Obviously they're trying to get it overturned, but it's sort of because it's an unofficial ban. Anyway, uh, just two pieces of information I did not have before. No, I mean it's incredible. I mean this this group of there are about 200 clerics uh nationwide that you know that are really outspoken about you know the you know, the evils of having women drive cars and that they even go so far to make scientific claims that on, on popular Saudi websites that if you drive, if, if women drive, it's been scientifically proven that driving affects the ovaries and it leads to clinical disorders in the children of women who are foolish enough to drive. I wow. Mean, wow. So, I mean, it's such an it's such a basic freedom. And in many cases, you know, women in this country think it's a chore that they have to drive around, pick their kids up, whatever. Drive uh, to work. Drive to work, you know, and then then you hear, you know, you hear about these women and how courageous those 60 women were today or yesterday that participated in this ban. So hats off, hats off to them. There's another group in China that I really, I think also deserve our support. Liz, I know you've spent a lot of, you spent enough time in China to know that in the big parks um, that they have outside of in Beijing and outside of Beijing, uh, you see, it's very common to see people exercising, um, playing chess, playing music, dancing. Well, Big, like, Tai Chi groups, all of that. Yes, the parks are very full of activity. Right. Well, um, but in one park just outside of Beijing, there was a, there's a group of grandmothers. Um, and I, I don't know how old these women are. They're probably like me, uh, <laughs> active grandmothers, okay? And they like to go to the park, and they like to turn up their music, and they like to do ballroom dancing, okay? This is their thing. It's grannies doing the dancing. Well, apparently, because... Others in the park don't appreciate the music that these uh, grannies like to dance to. There have been protests. There have been um, guns fired. But that is not stopping the grannies. They are they are fearless, Liz. They are going out there and they are dancing every weekend, uh, despite the fact that that their lives are at risk because people have threatened them uh, with physical violence just to turn down the music. That is amazing. Okay, you can picture that, right? The boombox and the ballroom dancing. <laughs> I, I love that picture, Julie. Thank yes. you. Okay, so there you have courageous grannies in China. Now, a fascinating story that I read this week about in Nigeria, that in Nigeria for the last five years, there's been... There's been ongoing fighting between Nigerians' uh, sectarian government and their their army and an Islamic sect called Boko Haram. And this has resulted in thousands of people being killed uh, between Islamist separatists and the government trying to put down these, uh, you know, the raids and rashes. So the thing that the government has found that they feel is the way to sort of tame the Islamic terrorists, as they call it, is to get them married. 
So they have been staging mass marriages. That's right. For the last 18 months, uh, nearly 1,500 people, couples in this one a region of Nigeria in the, um, have been married uh, thanks to the government. So the government gives the, uh, gives the groom like $60 and gives the bride. She gets a bag of rice. She gets some eggs, some cooking oil, a mattress, and $125 to start her own business. You see who they give the, uh, the money to start, the seed money for the business to. They give it to the woman. But they feel that if they marry off these terrorists, that the women are going to be a stabilizing of um, influence in the terrorist life, and therefore they will be less interested in terrorism and more interested in staying home and having a home life. So this is a, a very that popular is program. Fascinating. That is fascinating. Isn't it? it is. That just sounds terrible for everyone involved, <laughs> right. doesn't it? Yeah. It just is. It just. You think about the women that go off and marry like the mountain men in Alaska. <laughs> just, yeah. uh, wow, that's an amazing story, Julie. Yeah, so and so, but again, this is an area where there's just you know undescribable or indescribable poverty, and that so it's hard for us to see you know that to understand that this would be a great opportunity, or that they or that the men and the women would see this as as an opportunity, but they do. They have they expect to do another four thousand marriages this coming year. And then they have a wait list of another 5,000 people who want to participate in this program. Wow. So uh, wow. whether, whether or not it will make any peace in the region, I don't know. But I think it is, it is just, again, women making the difference in the world. Right. Uh, so Yeah, your uh, opportunities have to be pretty limited when that sounds like a good right. deal. Right, yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. But final story has to be Angela Merkel the, uh, of Germany. She is hopping mad. Okay? Yeah. The United States, specifically the NSA, has been listening in on her private phone calls. And she has complained to, complained to the U.S., complained to the president, and, and she feels like it's still going on now. Here's what I think. Uh, I, I think that they probably all spy on each other, and maybe the NSA does it better than some of the, you know, than Germany does uh, on us or France or whatever. But I, I think it's very interesting how um, how vocal um, Angela Merkel is about this and how you know how she's really criticized the U.S. and uh, and you know the reports today that uh, that Obama was aware. That uh, that they were um, they were tapping into Angela Merkel's private cell phone. So I don't know, but uh, well, I don't you think part of it, on. Julie, is that I mean the history in Germany of the East German secret police spying on everything yeah. would get a yeah. particularly sensitive issue in Germany. You know where Absolutely where is. people paid such a terrible price for so many years because of the internal spying. I think you're right. Of course, they all know that everybody's spying a little bit on everyone else. You know, and you've lived in several major spy right. centers. You know, both Moscow yes. and Bangkok that are just nests of spies. Mm -hmm. So, um, so it seems uh, more normal for you. But like, I can see why for the average German to think that their chancellor was being spied on by us would be, would be fucking. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure they're all mad that this was disclosed. I mean, I think that's probably right. They're kind some, of embarrassed. Some of the answers, yes. That, 
now that they have to make public statements because because this was disclosed, even though they all knew what was going on. So that's it, girls. Uh, four stops this week. Maybe more next week. It depends how the risk goes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I want to do a little bit of a social network report because there's always a lot of activity on the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. So if you haven't joined there, go ahead. Remember, also, we tweet. We're at Sat Sisters. So if you want to follow us on Twitter, that's the place to do that. And the for those of you who have downloaded the Stitcher application and listened to our show on Stitcher, I mean, we love Stitcher and it works really well. I think it's very easy. Um, we would love to ask you to give us a thumbs up every time you listen to a show because that actually does help us with Stitcher. And when we post the new show, like today, when we do this uh, in an hour or two, when we post the show on Facebook, if you can share that to your own social network, that is also really helpful to us. So having all of that, can I just say that on Tuesday's show, Julie and Leanne, you had this amazing conversation about this shocking creature I had never heard of called the Fisher Cat. Yes. The Fisher Cats, Liz. They're out there. <laughs> the, well, the Fisher Cats have prompted quite a bit of discussion in the Facebook group. And uh, apparently they are on the loose in more places even than you thought in your original story. Kim said they're definitely on Cape Cod. Robin said she saw one at her parent near her parents' home in northern Minnesota. Liz in Connecticut said that her husband saw one out running or something. And Lynn posted that her son works on a rig and they have been trying to avoid the Fisher Cats. She didn't say where the rig was, but you can just use your imagination. So Fisher Cats on the loose. Like I this is a creature uh, Tuesday was the first I had ever heard of it. Now apparently they're like overrunning all of america and they're terrifying i couldn't when julie played the audio i was trying hard to match that audio with an actual cat and then i saw it they are terrifying looking sheila i beware that's all just stay stay safe in your apartment there i will i never leave in case unless i have to go to work so that's good leanne or starbucks sheila as as someone who finds squirrels frightening um, (laughs) they are dangerous we know how dangerous they are (laughs) anyway so uh so all 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 of that is on the facebook facebook group just wanted to report on that and then the last thing I spent my day yesterday, I have begun the search for the perfect sectional, sisters. Wow. That's quite a, a step for you, Liz. Yeah. You know, I, I've i had some bad experiences with living room couches, like two or three times in my life, I have bought couches that are the wrong size. Oh, yes. Was, yes, I, you have. Yes. I have. Yes. So Dramatically a, the wrong size. Yes. Yes, yes, I have a fear of couches because of these bad experiences. I bought one that was, it would have fit in the room had it only fit through the door, yeah. but it did not fit through the door, right? So there was that one that was just, that was, too... what'd you say, Julie? That was so sad because it was such, it, I said it was so sad, Liz, because it was such a nice couch, Yes, but it just, <laughs> it just would not, yes. And then Couldn't I go in the room. Yeah. Then I overcompensated and bought one that was like so small it looked ludicrous. <laughs> it was more in the mini love seat. It was more like a chair and a half love seat kind of thing. So I went from couch that's way too big, couch that's way too small. Um 
So now I've just decided, you know, you're familiar with my living room here and I've lived here now for a while and I need to spruce things up a little bit. And my crate and barrel fold out couch here, which I know all of you have slept on at one point or another, yes. correct? Yes. It's very nice. I, you know, it's a nice couch and a perfectly okay fold out bed, right? But my Oh, yes. It's excellent, Liz. Okay. So it will be available soon. Uh, because I've just decided that I needed to, again, the furniture feels too small in the room that I've never really had. I want a sectional because I just want to be able to lay on my living room couch and watch TV. Right. I think you've earned that Liz. I think you've earned that after, after After so many years years on the planet. Yep. I just want to lay on my living room couch and watch TV and my current, the furniture configuration does not allow that, that where the is does not allow that it's just all wrong so i've been getting uh expert help you know as it happens i have two friends who are uh architects and they each have been weighing in with specific floor plans for the room like how i could reorient the whole room but both of the plans involve sectionals so i feel like i can start while the rest of the plan gets worked out I can start the the search for the sectional. And then you get into the part, well, do you want the left-hand chaise or the right-hand chaise? All of that kind of stuff. And I'm like, left or right, like, is that standing behind it or looking at it? Because, of course, I have this fear that I will order the wrong side, you know, that I'll get, that it will arrive. And now I'll be like a mile away from my television because it will be on the wrong side. So I'm working on that. So yesterday I did, I did the full tour, you know, because you can't go wrong at Crate and Barrel, right? So I went to two different Crate and Barrels, uh, just, you know, surprised they have the same stuff. But I just felt like I wanted to really be thorough with Crate and Barrel. Then your West Elms, your Pottery oh. Barns, and uh, and a few other shops. And as I was driving home from uh, from where the Crate and Barrel was in Los Angeles, I saw this other store that had couches in the um, in the window. So I went in there, and they had one that I really really liked, like right in the window. So I'm talking to the woman, and she's giving me the catalog, and she's explaining to me like the different sections, the corner sections, and the chaise section, and the this and the that, you know, and all the different pieces you need to sort of the the geometry of figuring out which sections of the sectional you need is kind of daunting for someone like me who's made so many errors in the past. And so she hands the sheet with all the sections. And, uh, and then under it, I was trying to figure out what the price was and that it said under one of the, under like one of the larger sections, it said a thousand. And I said, I said, is that, is that the price? And she looked at me like, <laughs> like I was crazy. She said, no, that's how many centimeters it is. No. <laughs> oh. She said, it's, uh, it's anywhere between 18 and $20,000. <laughs> oh my God. $18,000 for a section. Was it made out of gold? I mean, honest to gosh, what is that? I I, I don't know, Leanne. You could get get a small car and put it. (laughs) (laughs) No wonder you liked it, Liz. (laughs) No, it's just so funny to me that it was what I thought was dollars was really centimeters. (laughs) (laughs) 
So I should have been suspicious of the super fancy catalog they had. It was a step up from previous catalogs. So the first thing I did when I got home with like all of the tear sheets and swatches and things uh, that I had collected during my search, I took that cat. Everything from that store went directly in the. I didn't even want want it like kicking around in my file. It would just confuse me. And the next thing you know, I'd be buying, you know, not that I would ever buy an $18,000, but I just wanted, I needed to remove that as a choice from my consideration set, as they say. So, um, so I, you know, I've narrowed it down a little bit. I think if my goal is to uh, make a decision by Christmas. I think oh, that's, that's yeah. good, Liz. <laughs> because the the what started this whole project was actually the fact that I need to replace the carpet. So you know, once you get the new carpet, then you think now the walls really need to be painted. Everything else looks <laughs> bad, right? <laughs> that's so once the walls get painted, your fifteen year old crate and barrel couch starts to look a little, I don't know, old, shabby, yeah. but not in the shabby chic kind of way. Just, <laughs> yeah. Just shabby without the chic so uh so we'll see how this works out so the search for the sectional is on i will uh i'll keep you posted you know i just want to slip in one more thing before we sign off i forgot to mention you know remember we were soliciting people or people nominated us for the podcast awards oh yeah you know that well there is uh, i got an email today there's uh, the live announcement uh, tonight of who the nominees are. Really? So that's exciting. A live announcement in case you want to watch girls. It's at uh, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern time at podcastawards.com. So that's the good wow. news. Should okay. we be nominated in the people's choice category? You can watch it live. Now, the, the not so good news is should we happen to win they do not have any sponsors for the podcast awards this year so there's no actual awards (laughs) i thought you were going to say we would have to pay i thought that it would be these kinds of awards that it's somehow going to cost us a couple of hundred bucks to win this award well almost you know usually you get one free statue and then you have to pay for additional ones uh, yeah. from but in this case there are no free statues but that doesn't mean it's not an excellent honor so i will let people know should we get a nod in the okay. people's choice category uh, but i think we should just host our own no host award Awards, Leanne. You, you and Julie did that at that nice place in Dallas. We will just we'll just pick a place and yes. we'll, like, we'll yeah. post it on the Facebook group that uh, podcast People's Choice Podcast Awards tonight. We're holding them ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> so. This made me laugh. <laughs> What's that? Uh, that's a great idea, and it cuts down on the acceptance speech. It does. You don't really have to. <laughs> you don't have to fuss with that. So it's there's some pause. You have to look at the positive, yeah, sister. Absolutely, yes, Jill. Uh, you always do. Okay. You always do. <laughs> look at the positives. Uh, well, what what painkillers on you are you on, Julie? <laughs> <laughs> Only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, so I guess we need to wrap it up there. I know a big Halloween week. Sheila, you usually do it up costume-wise for school on Halloween. Do you have anything uh, planned? Oh, completely, Liz, yes. Uh, we are doing a third-grade team costume. Uh, I don't want to give it away, but um, I'm just you going think to... some of your team might be listening? <laughs> <laughs> or some of your competition <laughs> might be listening? <laughs> I, you know, I usually win, um, and, or, or think we have, I have a very creative costume planned for the entire third grade team. 
It involves, uh, well, I'll just say, I'll just say what it is. Um, we are going to be the third grade cleaning crew and because third graders love to clean. So um, I have purchased the entire costume, white shirts, white pants. Uh, well, actually, the team members are responsible to bring in white jeans. We're going to have painter's hats, uh, big uh, containers of cleaning supplies. I have my mini vac. And really, third graders will want to clean more than learn um, how to multiply. I mean, they'll do anything to clean. So that's our concept. Okay. That's a surprising concept. I, don't, I, don't, I guess I just don't know a lot of third graders. Uh, well, the thing is, Liz, you, you normally I go with the other par- teacher, yeah. and it's a twofer, and that, that makes for some very wonderful costumes. But when there are four people involved... You, you just, you know, that's hard for me uh-huh. uh, to think of a costume for four people because I don't like the Adeline sisters when, when you have four other people involved. <laughs> I don't like to really share my great ideas that much. So I came up with the mediocre idea that we can all do. <laughs> and Lee, and Halloween is a huge night at your house. You are one of those destination neighbors. Halloween and you do it up. Uh, you're always a witch, right? I, I'm, I'm going to be a witch again. I have, um, I decorate the front of the house. So it's a goth witch's house. Uh, I drape it in black. I have a lot of lights. I have a lot of crows. I have some screaming tombstones mm. that really scare uh, the bejesus out of little kids. It's fantastic. Um, this year I bought at a yard sale the most spectacular stained glass pumpkins. I can't even oh. tell you. They, they are lit from within and they're stained glass and they throw shadows all over the place. I'm getting a lot of props on the pumpkins already for 10 bucks. I found at a garage sale. Um, so I'm actually getting very excited. I have some appliques this year that I bought at Target, uh, crows and trees. So I'm going to go out this afternoon and start to put together the front of the witch's house. I'm pretty psyched actually. Wow. <laughs> and now my, my, the rest of my family officially does not care. So it is all me. Like, <laughs> say, like now that we have the stained glass pumpkins, Colin's response was, oh, thank God. I never have to uh, carve another pumpkin, you know, so that. <laughs> They're too old now, Leanne. They're t- they're too old to care at all. So, and my husband has never cared. So, it's just me. <laughs> Leanne, you well, know, there's a, there's actually an episode of Modern Family where this is the plot. Yeah, Julie Bowen cares about Halloween, and nobody else in the family does, right? I, so yes, Liz. Yes, huh? I that is me. I I I am that. Uh, so I will be dressing up. Um, as a witch, I'm debating to go the green face or not. I usually do, but I also wanted to get a facial this week. So I thought that seems to defeat the purpose of the facial to then put green makeup on it. So. And Julie, you sent all of us a photo of yourself in the front yard with your temporary wrist cap standing in front of your super adorable Halloween inflatable. Yes, uh, unlike my sister Leanne, I go with happy. Halloween. That's my happy, not scary. Happy. It's all happy at my house. We have a big happy inflatable in the front yard. Happy candy. No scary stuff. I want all the little children to have a happy time. I don't believe in scaring the bejesus. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll see how that goes. We can talk about this on next week's Satellite Sisters. How's that, sisters? Sounds, Sounds good, Liz. Great. Okay, uh, happy Halloween.
all, whether it's scary or not. Uh, we are the Satellite Sisters, and don't forget, call your Satellite Sister. Satellite's gone up to the skies. Things like that drive me out of my mind. I watched it for a little while. I like to watch things on TV. Satellite of love. Satellite of love. Satellite of love. Satellite of Satellite's gone way up to Mars. Soon it'll be filled with park and cars. watched it for a little while I love to watch things on TV Harry, Mark, and John. Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday to Thursday with Harry, Mark, and John. Satellites gone up to the skies. Things like that drive me out of my mind. I watched it for a I love to watch things on TV Satellite of love.